This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Known and Never Football Show and Podcast. This week we were... Fingers crossed on a title party, or were we on a title party? Who knows? We are looking back at the Clarets away trip to Reading to see whether or not they could maintain a push for a points record and whether or not they would claim the title. Without further ado, let's go. So I am joined this week by our resident statistician, Dave Statman-Roberts, who's going to give us all the um, info that you need in preview of the Clarets' next fixture, which is away at Rotherham midweek. We're also joined by regular analyst Tom Whitaker, who gives us his views from the terraces at Reading. And we may have an opposition view for you. Let's see if we get down there. But first and foremost, Dave, welcome, welcome to another episode. It's lovely to have you live again. Yes, they're coming thick and fast, these episodes, aren't they? They're, uh, we're playing midweek virtually every week at the moment. We are, and I guess that leads me on to a very important question for you, Dave. How excited are you about the Premier League next season and uh, moving away from this nonsense of Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday? We're going to have breaks. That will be a bonus, definitely, yes. Yes, and can you at this stage, I'm going to put you on the spot here, can you give our listeners a little bit of a teaser as to what the preview show might look like next year? Have you not decided yet? Um, yeah, I've had a few thoughts. I've had a few Ooh. thoughts. I think the, um, perhaps have a bit of a change. I think the, the long-form ones we do, the uh, head-to-head and the memory match, I'm going to perhaps change. I think it might be, you know, on, on match of the day, they have two good and two bad. Oh, I, I like it. A, a, a good match and a, a bad match. That might be the uh, the focus. Yang and Yang, I love it. We've also had a couple of listeners who sent us some emails in asking us what they'd like to see out of the preview show as well. Yeah. And one of the um, suggestions was manager watch, um, having a bit of a focus on the current manager and maybe their backroom yeah. staff, see if we've got any history with them and what they are. We're so. Yeah, so I think from our perspective, listeners, we are likely to be able to have the luxury next season of an analysis show and a proper preview show. Um, the championship, we very much have to merge them together because it's uh, it's very demanding on our time. Um, but yeah, straight from the horse's mouth on Grand National Weekend. I uh, see. It's almost like a rat these days. Um, we will we will we will let you know. So stay tuned, uh, and we will give you all the exciting announcements about the preview show and next season. Which fingers crossed will continue to feature Dave Statman-Roberts. Pray with me, listeners. Okay, before we get too excited, um, let's have a look at that game at the weekend, Dave. In the end, a little bit of an anticlimax. We started the weekend knowing that if Sheffield United dropped some points and we won away at Reading, we would be crowned champions. Yay, exciting. Sheffield United then went one down. Yay! Then they kind of turned it around and ended up beating Cardiff 4-1. So we knew then, going to Reading, 
that the championship was out of the question. However, we could still keep pushing to take our opposition's points record. Let's start, before we get into the game itself, Dave, by that team selection. Were you surprised? <laughs> Uh, yeah, slightly. The fact that we had uh, so many changes. I mean, you expected maybe there'd be, I don't know, two or three changes. The fact there were six yeah. was uh, quite a lot in the in, in one game. And it didn't really pay dividends. I think we, we it was always going to be a little bit difficult to uh, merge that many players in at such short yeah. notice. And uh, it showed really to, to an extent. We, we did create chances, but didn't have, well, I think they had one on target all game. Yeah, wasn't slick, no. was it? It didn't move no. that well. No. Um, and I think we, we've, you and I have talked about this a, a few times as well. We've kind of suffered from that in the league. We had obviously a fantastic FA Cup run, but we did tend to suffer from that in the Cup, didn't we, with some wholesale changes. It's players that don't play regularly enough together and it, and it very much showed at the weekend. Um yeah, for us especially to have so few shots and, and so clear, so few clear-cut chances. And, of course, Nathan Teller going off. Have we heard anything about that injury, Dave, since the, the game finished? Uh, I doubt whether we will for certain until the... Uh, I mean, they'll, they'll get it checked out properly, won't they? And then we cool. might get a better idea when the pre-match press conference comes about, which I assume will be on Monday sometime. Sure. Um not an awful lot to talk about from the game itself, but from a fan perspective, were you disappointed to see our chance to cement a place in history and beat the current points record evaporate in such a bit of an anticlimax? It was always going to be a big ask. I think with uh, six games to play and having to win all six of those games would have been uh, a real big yeah. ask. Um, and the way it's worked out, we, we can still equal it. But although, as I say, with five games to play, five wins is going to be a really uh, big ask. Um, I'm not too hung up on it, to be honest. It's one of those things no. where, yes, it's it would be nice. nice to have, but, yeah, it's not... <laughs> I mean, we, we we are going to go above and beyond what we've done previously. 100 points is a is a marker as well, if yes. we can get to, to that. Um, the hundred and six was a, a, a very difficult one to uh, to get to. Yeah, but you never know. It, equaling it would be really nice because it would mean if we do equal it, we do do take a place in history. And that whenever we talk about the championship record, it will always be the champion record is currently joint with Reading and Burnley. So you know we can still make history this season. It's yeah, it would have been nice. Um, well, let's get our thoughts. Let's get the thoughts of sorry, not our thoughts. We're taking credit for somebody else's work. Let's get the thoughts from regular panelist Tom Whitaker, who was at the Majeski yesterday, and here he is giving his assessment of that game. Hello, Tom here. A few thoughts about the weekend's action. Um, the Reading game, uh, I think probably anti-climax is the word that sums up the day for me. Um, you know, uh, as we're getting up and making our way down, you're thinking oh, this could be the day we win the title. Um, and then obviously Sheffield United go 1-0 down, you're thinking here we go. All the, uh, you know, everyone's getting a bit excited and then Sheffield United obviously turn it around, batter Cardiff and, and you're thinking, well, it's not today. Then I see all the uh, oh anyone got a spare for Rotherham uh, requests popping up on the feed. Maybe it's going to be there instead. Um, but then the game itself, you know, you see the lineup and you think, well, I was expecting a bit of rotation, but that seems a lot. It seems odd to be playing your second choice keeper. Um, and obviously, company said since it's about looking at players for next season who we're going to keep. 
think it's a little bit odd. It's not something you see very often, I don't think. Um, I can understand one or two of them, like Churlin off Twine, players who we've signed for a decent amount of money but have had injuries and haven't, we haven't really seen this season. But, uh, I mean, if he's not sure about Peacock Farrell by now, I, you know, I think I don't understand why he couldn't have had his mind made up about him by now and and just played Milrich, you know. I think probably six was a few too many changes and, and it showed in the game, really. I think others have said it was kind of like it had sort of an FA Cup feel to it. It was a bit like the Ipswich game, just a few, maybe one or two too many changes, just lacked a bit of fluency. Having said that, you know, we did we did control the game. I think Reading were delighted to get a point. Maybe slightly strange from them, given the fact that they probably need a couple of wins from the last few games. And, and obviously, Burnley reserves almost. That, it was an opportunity to get it, but um, they seemed a bit more interested in making sure that we didn't break their record, which is a fantastic achievement, of course it was, but maybe a little bit more focus on the here and now would have helped them as well. Um yeah, it was disappointing, just lacked a bit of tempo, uh, lacked a bit of fluency. A teller going off was a blow as well, of course, and it looked like a hamstring, so I wouldn't be surprised if you missed the run-in now, which is a bit of a shame as well. But then it does give an opportunity to, to players like Sheeran off and Swine. Um, I don't think any of the ones who were in... I thought actually uh, Teller actually thought Aldekiel was, was decent, as he always is. Taylor was really good defensively, but without Matson, we just missed that dimension going forward. But he, but I think Reading would just give it to their right winger and pray, and, and Taylor really boxed him off. So credit to him, and we know what he's about. He is another one where you think we don't really need to see him in the last few games. We know what he's about surely by now. Um, but chilling off Twine and, and especially Foster didn't didn't really um, make a, a good claim. I wouldn't say for. For inclusion in the Prem squad next season, you wouldn't be surprised if any or all of them went out on loan next year, really. I'm not sure they're ready to make the step up yet. So disappointing. Um, I think, obviously, we're all going there with the hope that, you know, Goodmanson and, and company have both mentioned after the Sheffield United game that uh, that they were looking at the points record and the way they won that game as well. Obviously, it's a difficult game. The promotion's already sealed. You, I didn't necessarily expect us to play as well as we did and, and win that quite so comfortably. Um, so I did think they were maybe serious about that, but it's obviously not. Then they're obviously not that bothered um, the way they played and the fact that they made so many changes. And I think companies come out and said now that they want the title, which they're going to get anyway. So it's kind of a shame. It was a bit of a, an anticlimax after sort of the, spending the time and money to get down there. But uh, you know, it, a bit of perspective really. I, I think if you'd have said to me in August that your biggest complaint in mid-April, having already won the league and needing three points or whatever it is four points from the last uh, the last five games to, to win the title your biggest complaint is going to be that you haven't broken the, the, the record for the most amount of points in a championship season in history then uh, I, I would have been very happy with that so no complaints from me really bit of a drab game but let's just forget it and let's move on to the next one um, Rotherham on Tuesday uh, hopefully three points there and hopefully uh, a, a slightly more a slightly less disjointed performance let's say uh, before I finish, I do want to mention I've been at uh, the Hawthorns today watching Burnley's women's team play West Brom. Uh, thankfully, a, a better game than, than was served up yesterday at Reading. Um, Burnley took an early lead. Uh, West Brom didn't really threaten, but they got a goal back. So, ten minutes later, uh, deflected uh, deflected shot, just wrong foot of the keeper, and she couldn't quite keep it out. West Brom, a lot of injuries, stop-start game. Um and it was difficult to get any kind of pressure or, or fluency for a lot of it. 
but Burnley with a better team and uh, a lovely work goal Leah Emily crossing the right hand side and a, and a volleyed finish at the far post uh, so a really good three points Nottingham Forest drew with Brickhouse uh, Wolves drew with Derby uh, and that means that going into the last couple of weeks of the season if Burnley win both their remaining games against Wol- at home to Wolves and Liverpool Feds then we'll be in the promotion playoff final which is uh, Saturday the 20th of May MK Dons two home games uh, it's difficult for me to go up there uh, to the Leyland uh, the Grand uh, I can't remember what the Grand's called now Lancashire FA Grand in Leyland um, but it will be great uh, you know with how big these games are and the fact that we've got uh, the title on the line it'd be great for people to get down if they can cheer the ladies on and, and hopefully we're in that promotion playoff final and uh, and hopefully promotion to the women's championship double promotion in one season would be a fantastic uh, fantastic achievement for the club take care up the clarets and I'll see you at Rotherham so now that we've got that game out of the way Dave we do know that irrespective, because we didn't lose, we are now, what, 21 games undefeated, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, we've still only lost two games all season and our home record is still intact. We go away to Rotherham on Tuesday knowing that irrespective of what Sheffield United do, a win there and we're champions. That's if I've read the table right. Because there we, we will be still 14 points clear and there'll only be 12 points to play for. I think that's right. Uh, isn't it? With, the, with the goal difference, yeah, with more or less, isn't it? Even if they win, three, six, nine. No, because there'll be fourteen points, and there's on twelve to play for. There'll be how many games are there left? This is this that's is five. Tragic. There's five games. So after with Reading, the there'll five, only be four left. Five games, yeah. Oh yeah, three, six, nine. Tw- yeah, there'll only be twelve, and we'll be fourteen clear, won't we? Let's if we both, so if, if we, we both win, yeah. If we both win, it'll still be 12 with four to play. So, effectively, we will be uh, mathematically oh, across the goal difference. Nine. Eight. So, it'll be, eight, it'll be 94 and 82, 12 points. Yeah, sorry. Listeners, maths has never been my strong point, which is why I'm never going to be accountant. So, let's scrap that. We are pretty much champions if we win and get it over Rotherham. So, let's delve into that and let's preview that game because that is going to be our exciting preview show focus but before we do that you know the drill we have a quiz question that we need to give you an answer to dave before that reading game you asked us the following question who was the first player to score a goal for burnley at reading's current ground medeski stadium and what was the year give us your answer please dave what was it uh, well the correct answer was uh andy payton and he Ooh. scored uh, our first goal at that ground, which has now got some strange sponsor's name, hasn't it? But it's still, still the Medeski stadium. Medesca, yeah. it, um, and that was in September 1998. And also, if anyone was listening to the Radio Lancashire commentary that was on yesterday, Glenn Little uh, was the player who made the assist for the goal, and he remembered it well. And, and he made the point, quite rightly, that uh, Andy Payton was also the first opposition player to score at that stadium, at the Medeski, um, as it had only been opened at the start of the season. And uh, Redden, I think they played two previous league games and a cup game and kept clean sheets in all those three. So we were the first opposition team to score with Chris and the the Medeski. They're good stats. Did we get any quiz stars this week, Dave? Uh, the only one I saw with the correct answer was a regular listener, Colin Walsh. Uh, he was a first-time quizzer. He got in touch via email. Uh, so it's the first time he got in touch with a quiz answer. Uh, he was born in Burnley, but is now based over in Tennessee. And he's ah. been enjoying 
the bridge this season. I did. I did see that email. I was very excited when we got an answer in. So, yeah, well done, Colin. That was a good answer. Um, well, let's move on to the first of our features then looking ahead at the Rotherham game. Um, Dave, are you going to give us, please, your championship head-to-head? I am, if I can find it. Hold on. Ooh. <laughs> this is not like you, Dave. Don't you Don't you be not going off script. Uh, we can't be handling that. We're here. Uh, right. There's a total of uh, 16 league seasons where our paths have crossed with Rotherham United. Two of those were in the basement division, seven in the third tier, and this is the seventh season in the second tier. So we're going to revisit the previous six second tier away games ahead of our midweek trip on Tuesday. Uh, Our only away trip to Rotherham at this level in the 1980s was in February 1983. Steve Taylor gave Burnley the lead just before half-time, but Joe McBride levelled the scores just after the break, and the match finished 1-1. That was also the score for our next visit at this level in February 2002, which was a tale of two penalties. Gareth Taylor found the net from the spot in the ninth minute, but Mark Robbins did the same when the home side were awarded a penalty of their own just three minutes later, and that's the way it stayed. In November 2002, the two sides played out a dour goalless draw, and then in May 2004, Burnley turned in a dreadful away performance in a 3-0 defeat in one of Stan Turnant's final matches in charge. No one who went that day, me included, will want to recall that match in any great detail. Our next visit was just a few months later. That was in August 2004 with Steve Cottrell, now in charge of Burnley. And although we kept a clean sheet, we couldn't find a way through at the other end and it ended goalless. All of those previous matches were played at Millmore, which leaves one more match played at the New York Stadium, which is also Burnley's only previous away win at this level. Although you're going to have to wait for the details as that's the subject of our memory match feature this week. So to summarise, in our six previous away matches against Rotherham at this level, Burnley have won one, drawn four and lost just once. We've managed four goals in those games compared with six for the home side. Oh, your little tease. I do like it when teases with memory match stuff. Um, let's move on then to what is fast becoming our most popular feature, and that is our celebrity fans, where we compile a short list of our opposition's most famous fans and we give them the known and ever score. Now, Dave, I believe you might have had a little bit of struggle with Rotherham. Am I going to scold you for some artistic license this week? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the reaction for the uh, for the one that the last one to make up the numbers. But shall oh, I give you the good other grief? One? Yes, let's get going. Come on, who's who's on the shortlist, Dave? Okay, number one, we've got uh, Paul Chuckle, uh, children's entertainer from uh, Chuckle Vision. Uh, one remaining living Chuckle brother, obviously Barry Chuckle. Yeah, passed that's away. sad. He did. Otherwise, he would have been on our list as well. But. Probably together. Road. You'd have put them like you did the Gallagher brothers, I think. Well, no, if I was struggling for numbers, they might have been in there <laughs> separately. Uh, number two on our list, we have got Howard Webb, who's a former football mm. referee. And obviously still involved in uh, in refereeing at the higher level. Uh, number three is Dean Andrews. He's an actor. You may remember him from uh, Life on Mars and Ashes to Ashes. And he's now in Emmerdale, apparently, which I didn't yeah. know because I that. I don't watch soap uh, operas. No idea. No. Uh, next on the list is James May, a TV presenter and automobile enthusiast. That's the one. Um, he apparently okay. went to school in Rotherham. And there's a little, 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 little bit of a. Um... It sounds southern, not northern. 
Well, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. He definitely went to school in Rotherham. Um, but there's a little bit of a, a rivalry between him and Clarkson. Jeremy Clarkson's a, a Doncaster Rovers fan. Okay. And obviously the link with, I don't think James May is very much of a, a Rotherham fan, but again, we were struggling for the uh, for the numbers this week, <laughs> as well, you can tell. This is, uh, this is Harry, not a bad list so far, though, Dave. I mean, this is all right. Uh, number five on the list is Chris, Chris Wollstonehome, who is the bass guitarist with the band Muse. Mm-hmm. Again, another a local, Rotherham local. That was number five. And then, as you can usually tell, uh, just how much we struggle to find oh, uh, details with the quality of the sixth and final name on our list. And uh, this week's no exception. Uh, number six is Jive Bunny. The cartoon rabbit was the brainchild of what? a couple of kids from Rotherham who had a string of number one hits in the UK in the late 1980s and early 1990s. No, I'm not having that. You set some very clear ground rules about needing to be alive and owners couldn't be counted. Needing to be alive, cartoons are not alive. They are, by very dish definition, not real. So how are cartoons <laughs> alive but deceased borrowers not? You, you didn't see the asterisk at the end that said, unless Dave's really struggling for numbers this week. Uh, honestly, listeners, this is what happens. He, I get, I, he just cons me every week. He just changes the rules and I never know what I'm doing. Well, let's score them. Uh, I'm going to ignore Jive Bunny. Um, you put this to the team. What sort of reception did you get from Team None and Ever about scoring them? I don't think I got any answers this back uh, back this week in terms of the scores. Oh, what are they playing at? They, I tell I can't you. Can't impressed. We talk about the Burnley team being on the beach. I think Team Norn and Ever's absolutely on the beach because they are all a... No, they haven't. You're right. They've not... Oh, hang on. No, they haven't. Hey, I'll have a word. Right, so you, down to you and me, Dave. What would you give them? I get to moderate. What would you give them? Um, I don't think they're going to be in the top half of the table. I think I might give them a generous four and a half. I think that's tight. I'm going to say five and a half. It's a decent, it's a de- until we've got the nonsense that is Jive Bunny in there that's getting discounted. Well, they're all right. You've got, you've got Top Gear, Chuckle Brothers, a, a slightly well-respected Premier League referee. I think that's all right. I'm going to give them five and a half. Um, I overrule Dave, listeners, and congratulations, Rotherham fans. You come in at a lower mid-table five and a half for your celebrity fans. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Dave, let's move on swiftly. You've already teased us. What have you picked for this week's memory match? Uh, yeah, for this week's memory match, we're revisiting the away trip to Rotherham from our 2015-2016 promotion season. The match took place on a Friday night. That was the 2nd of October 2015, with coverage uh, broadcast live on Sky Sports. Um, I've been in the away end for the 3-0 defeat at Millmore in 2004 that we mentioned earlier. But this time, I was alongside Burnley FC club commentator Phil Bird in the press box. Uh, and Burnley got off to the best possible start inside the first 10 minutes when Ben Mee's header found George Boyd and he chested the ball down, played it through to Andre Gray, who finished with a low shot to make it 1-0 after just nine minutes. And it stayed that way until 15 minutes before the end, 
when a speculative shot from Grant Ward beat Tom Heaton and found the top corner of the net from almost 30 yards to level the scores. But as we know, Burnley were made of stern stuff and up popped Sam Vokes to poke the ball in from the rebound after Scott Arfield's original shot had been saved by Lee Camp. That was in the 81st minute and Burnley kept it tight for the remainder of the match to record a well-deserved 2-1 away win. Sky Sports gave their man of the match to Joey Barton, who was as busy as ever in midfield. The Burnley Express went with the headlines, Claret's back to winning ways, Big Sam sinks Reds late on. And the match was also notable for being the first time that Burnley Football Club had trialled its comms cam coverage, with a GoPro camera pointed not at the pitch, but at the commentators in the press box. And to this day, that is still used. I do love comms cam. It's very, very good. I do like it when people get excited and Papa Bird starts doing his things. Even you get animated when you're on Claret's player. I do, yeah. I think so we should mention Sam Vokes at this point as well. Are you going to tell us about your uh, your little chat with uh, with Super Sam? I, I would, but I need to maintain focus for the rest of it. Um, no, I did. Listen, uh, you might have already seen this on social media, but when our promotion was confirmed um, away at Borough last Friday and Good Friday, um, I was lucky enough to be asked to record a podcast with Five Live. There, um, is it seventy two plus podcast? Daily, is it? Yeah. And um, I just I thought it was just me. It was about a thirty five minute podcast. It was really great. But when I was in the the virtual green room waiting to go on, uh, the producer whispered in my ear and said, "Oh, we've got um, a guest on with you tonight. Um, former Burnley player, Ooh, Sam Vokes." <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was a very good promotion day for me. And listeners, you'll be very pleased to hear that I managed to hold it together long enough to did. do something calm. I did. There were a couple of couple of moments that thankfully did not make the final edit where I did get a little bit fangirl but luckily the producer saved my blushes and cut them out of the final edit for which I'm internally grateful um okay what's next uh opposition view yes we do have somebody lined up for you I, I mentioned this at the outset of the show um producer Matt has managed to get us an, an um a opposition we are speaking to new york talk they are at rufc underscore pod on twitter and they give us their thoughts here ahead of the game so the millers have been pretty good um before the Luton game on saturday we had a draw a win a draw post world cup a couple of really good performances in the way at norwich with nil nil defensively really really solid home win against west brom where we were excellent they went west brom look completely average. Um, under Matt Taylor so far it has been pretty streaky though, so you will have maybe three good games, then maybe four or five bad games, and three or four good games. Um, the performance on Luton was very, very defensive at the time we are putting it. We, we, we limited Luton to a very, very few opportunities. They scored some really good goals before half-time and scored from a, a, penalty, a silly penalty to give away. Other than that, we stopped them from creating anything. I suspect that's what we'll try and do to you guys on, on Tuesday. The problem with that is that we looked like we had absolutely nothing going forward. We didn't you know we, we didn't lay a single glove on Luton. Uh, I know Luton are, are a very, very good team, one of the form teams teams in the division. But we've got to you know I think it's really frustrating for us and we do do this quite often against against the top teams where Matt Taylor will just set up just to not concede. You know, try I think his plan is to try and stay in the game as long as possible. And then when we concede there's it's then just sort of go out, we'll chuck three strikers on and hope that something happens. Um, 
Look, it may work. You know, I, I think that's what it'll do, and it may work on Tuesday. I, I don't hold that much hope for that. But then I don't know what what is supposed to do. You know, if, if we go gung ho and lose four 0 the goal difference is knackered, and, and we look a bit, we, we looks a bit silly. So he's in a bit of a tough place playing the uh, you know Luton Saturday, you guys on Tuesday. Um, we all know how tough it's going to be. We know all, we all know how, how, how fantastic Burnley have been this season, and you know look, either trying to equal the record of points total. Um, it's going to be incredibly tough. We, we've got to back ourselves. I mean, if we, we if we turn up, we saw your guys place at Turf Moor that you know, if not, we went into injury time winning the game. You know, if it wasn't for a, a dodgy line-up decision, we could very well have taken a point away from you guys, which would have been incredible for us. Um, so we, we both teams know that the, the other team can beat each other, which which is a which I think we've got to take as a positive into the game. Um, but I would take a very very bad nil-nil draw as things as things are now. Um, but who knows? Championship one of those crazy, crazy leagues. You know, you finally got your promotion. It wouldn't, you know, so typical championship. You'd win a couple of games without picking up any point without, without winning. Um, I don't think that'll happen, but you never know. So yeah, well, uh, my prediction at this point would be a nil-nil. Hold on, I make it more positive as the as Tuesday comes by. Okay, Dave, referee. Who have we got, please, in the middle? Yeah, we'll take in charge of our next match in South Yorkshire on Tuesday is West Yorkshire-based referee Bobby Madley, who's from Osset near Wakefield. Uh, Burnley have won just three of the 13 past matches of ours, which he's taken charge of, uh, and they go all the way back to November 2011. So far this season, his only Burnley match was the 1-1 draw with Hull City at Turf Moor back in August of last year. His past Burnley matches have seen two red cards, uh, one to a Burnley player, that was Keith Tracy in 2013, and one to an opposition player, that was Derby County's Chris Martin in 2014. As always, we'll be hoping that he can keep it 11 v 11 on Tuesday evening. Yeah, we certainly will. Rotherham then, Dave. Um, Stuck in the bottom of the league for an awful lot this season. Looked absolutely dead and buried a few weeks ago. Um, And have seemed to have managed to pull themselves a string of results together and have managed to get themselves away from the bottom three. Given that we now don't have the points record to go for and the title's pretty much done, are we expecting perhaps a more tougher game than we thought we would do on Tuesday? I think it'll probably be more of the same, really. I think we'll, um, Vincent Company will want to see more of his squad in the remaining games that's left. We don't often have that luxury um, of being able to do that. I mean, the title isn't confirmed yet, although we are it, it, it virtually tied on for it, let's say. Um, and I think he's confident enough in the players that he can put a team out that are capable of getting a, um, a winning game. So I think he, he wants to see more of the players who perhaps haven't got as much game time this season because he needs to build a squad. He needs to be ready for next season. So he's, he's in a, a luxurious position in some ways to be able to give different players game time and see what they're made of, basically, which we did see to some extent on uh, Saturday. And I guess we'll see not only on Tuesday, but in the remaining games uh, as well. Yeah, I get that. Assuming that Teller has taken a bit of a knock then, what do you do? Up front, do you obviously do you just start with Obafemi and Foster? I think you're going to have to, aren't you? That may well that may well be it. Yeah, I mean, obviously he had uh, Scott Twine playing on um, uh, on Saturday as well. Got a, a look at, at him. He had a, he a looked huge... all right actually yesterday. I thought yeah, I think but... I, I'm still confident he's going to be a really key player for us. You know. 
Yeah, I think it's it's maybe a confidence thing. He had a couple of chances, didn't quite get the power behind the shots, tried to place yeah. them, and that's so a little bit of a, a, a letdown. Um, but yeah, he, he needs some some game time. If he gets a run in the side, then we've got a, a chance of seeing what he's made of as well as yeah. as well as the players who are are being brought in and and getting a chance at this stage of the season. I think my worry with Twine, Dave, is that we asked him to step up this season from League mm. One to the Championship. And he's hardly featured in this campaign. Yeah. So to then go essentially from League One to the Premier League is some ask for the lad. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm sure he'll he'll work hard and I'm sure there's talent in there, but I'm not generally speaking, I'm not expecting to see Twine be a starter next season. I think he needs and and company will be careful with him. He will he will look after them. Um are we going to be expecting though a few more shots on goal and a few more chances than than we had at maybe away at Reading? Uh, hopefully, I mean that'll be something that'll be when they do the um, the match review and and what's gone on on Saturday. That'll be certainly something that'll be on their minds and being drilled into the team for uh, well, who whichever eleven go out there on Tuesday night and and try and do the same they did, play the way that they play, but just do, be a little bit more uh, incisive in that final third. I think is what they need to do, and I think. You know, you get a goal early on, you get a first half goal, and then you can build on that. If you're always, um, if you're still at nil-nil like Reading were, Reading were almost playing it minute by minute or, or five minutes by five minutes, saying, well, we're still level, we're still level. Yeah. They went into the game with, I mean, we got we had 75% possession, didn't we? They kind of sat back and let us have possession. They came with a game plan and they were happy to to continue that. And, and deli- yeah, I mean, the reaction of the fans at the end, they were it was like they'd won a cup final, wasn't yeah. it? Getting a yeah, I think they the were end. worried. Yeah, they they wanted to preserve their points record, though, didn't they? The fact that the club tweeted that at the end of it as well just also shows what their their uh, focus was on. Um, do you want to give me a score prediction then, please? Um, I think we'll win at Rotherham. I think it might be tight, though. I think it might be a two-one win. I love it when Dave gets doesn't sit on the fence and doesn't do a draw. I'm going to say, I also think it's going to be a tight win, but I'm going to say 1-0 to Burnley. That is my prediction for the game. Listeners, you know the drill by now, please. You, We want to know what your score predictions is. You can leave a comment on our, you like tweet us, leave a comment on our Facebook page, leave a comment if you're watching through the YouTube show on our um, page below, or just grab us at the game and tell us what you think it's going to be. You know where we all are. Um, I think that's it, isn't it? Oh, no. Stat of the week, of course. With this new format, we've only been doing it for like two years, Dave, and I still never got used to stat of the week coming after the end of everything else. Please treat our listeners, delve deep into those pockets of yours and give us your miscellaneous stat of the week. Well, I'm going to com- I'm going to confuse you even more by combining it. So I'm going stat of the week and then I'm going to go straight into a quiz question because they kind of follow on from each other. Okay, well, that's all right. We can do that. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, our nil-nil draw at Reading on Saturday extended our unbeaten run in the league to 21 matches, as we've mentioned. That's now just too short of the unbeaten run of 23 matches from our championship title-winning season of 2015-16. Even if we remain unbeaten from now until May, we'll still fall short of the sequence of 30 league games unbeaten from 1920-21, which ended with Burnley becoming champions of England for the first time. The clean sheet at Reading was also our 19th in the league so far this season, although this is not yet a club record, as we still require two more clean sheets from our remaining five league games to equal the existing club record or three more to beat it, which brings us quite neatly onto this week's quiz question, 
which also relates to clean sheets. Oh, we've just me- we've just mentioned that Burnley are closing in on the existing club record for the most clean sheets in a league season, which currently stands at twenty-one. But in which season was the current club record set? That is a tough one. I always think these questions at a specific dates are quite difficult ones. Well, listeners, we've literally just been through this, so you should know by now how you submit your answers. You can tweet it. Well, actually, no, send us a direct message on Twitter. Leave a comment on our Facebook page, or you can email us at podcast at net. If you are listening to this via the YouTube show, you can leave us a comment, please. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe. We have no FPL update at the moment because we're in the middle of a game week. Game. That sounded robotic, did that, Dave? I don't really know what, what those words were. Some noises came out of my mouth. We have no FPL update for you, listeners, because we're in the middle of a game week. So we are going to leave it there. Godspeed to all fans travelling to Rotherham on Tuesday night. Who knows, we will have one, hopefully, hand on that trophy by the time we finish at 10pm. That is all we have time for. Please leave your comments. Please don't forget to subscribe. And we will be back next week with another episode of the None Never Football Show and Podcast. I've been your host, Natalie Bromley. Until next time. The Known and Ever podcast is brought to you in association with the TalkSport Fan Network. Natalie Bromley is the host and editor, and the show is produced by Matt Moss. Our resident statistician is Dave Roberts, and our FPL expert is Adam Dennett. The analysis show team is collectively Tom Whitaker, Richard Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby, Adam Dennett, and Robbie Kopak. Our music is provided by George Gaskill, and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonadnever.substack.com. Our thanks as ever go to our partners, TalkSport. We are, as ever, proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.